Hello and welcome to the Capable Body Podcast, bridging the gap between healthcare professionals and real people with real stories. This is your host, Matt Viegas. In today's episode, have a very special guest, Brandon Ryan. And Brandon, if you don't mind introducing yourself and then sharing with the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Brandon Ryan and I have a mild form of cerebral palsy. Um, pretty much from my first inception, of life i was told that i would never you know amount to anything and you know if i did then my my survival chances would, would be very low and i i would be very dependent on other people my whole life that same narrative of like having the deck stacked against me has carried on through most of my life so i've, I've, I've always been you know, on the side of overcoming things, which I have grown to like, so. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a, a lot um, to talk about there in terms of like expectations right. and where you're at right now. Um, yeah. Could you share a little bit about the things that you do now in terms of uh, advocacy? I saw you, some of your posts in support groups and uh, just letting the audience know a little bit more about uh, what you're doing there. Right. So. Um, I'm kind of a jack of all trades type guy. Um, I recently, uh, when I say recently, I mean like a, a four four months. Um, I recently got my certification in nutrition and fitness uh, through the International Sports Science Association. Um, that was something that I wanted to do for like ever, but. Uh, I was always told not to do it because it's hard and there's no money and w w which which is true in a lot of ways but um like I tell people you know if there's something that you want to do that is good and righteous then you should go ahead and do that you know so you know I I do I do a lot of online coaching um it's hard trying to find a steady flow of clients that actually like want to put in the hard work to change, you know? So I, I do that. And I also teach um, like adaptive self-defense uh, as well. So. Nice. Yeah. Um, for, for yourself, um, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about, your childhood and what that sort of experience was like for you growing up and the healthcare system, the expectations and uh, what you did uh, overcoming the challenges that you faced. Yeah. So my childhood was um, interesting. You know, I was blessed with really awesome parents. You know, my, my dad served in the military for 21 years and my mom worked from home just to take care of me and my sister. So a lot of what that looked like was waking up extra early in the morning just to get me dressed. And, you know, if you know anything about CP, it's preferably the more spastic type, which I have. Like, it's really hard to, you know, get the more, more spastic side of your body into a T-shirt or, you know, tank top or even um you know your your, your legs 
you know, in a pair of jeans or putting socks on. It's all, it's all very, it's all very difficult, you know? So that, that was my, you know, my childhood and going through, you know, a host of different operations, you know, I had a rhizotomy on my spine. I had my hips and legs operated on and, you know, just having parents that are, are, able to like help you get through that rough transition in life you know so you know when I when I was a kid I had asthma you know Mm -hmm. I had I had all I was tiny man I was tiny (laughs) you know so you know uh, I really am fortunate though to to be where, where I'm at in my life so yeah 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 and um I know you mentioned a little bit before about how for yourself, um, in terms of cerebral palsy, it's a little more mild for you. Yes. Um, could you explain a little bit for the audience, anyone who doesn't know generally, just a little bit about uh, your viewpoint with cerebral palsy um, and then being being part of this community? So my viewpoint of having CP, um, you know, on one hand, a human being is a human being is a human being. So, so you know, I, I wake up every day and I do the same thing everybody else does. I, I, I get dressed, I brush my teeth, I eat breakfast, you know, this, the simple things. But here, here's the deal. And this is controversial and this might make some people, mad out there but hey i'm getting used to making people mad <laughs> so but the thing is is like i'm not like everybody else i can't just you know take off running you know up the street if i want to go for a run you know i there are just certain things that that people with cp can't do or have to adapt to do differently and that's okay i but like i said like that makes people so mad in the CP community. And I'm really not sure why, because it's just being honest. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know how else to say it. Like there's just some things that I would have to ask somebody else to do or, or do for me or, or adapt to it myself. You know, mm-hmm. for example, I'm not going to be able to, you know, probably climb a, a ladder to, to change a light bulb you know but is is there shame in me asking you know for some assistance with that you know i i just there's some people that that are okay with it and others are like no that that's really just gross and disrespectful how dare you tell me you know that that kind of that kind of talk but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah it definitely makes sense um for you uh, you know, fitness-wise, nutrition-wise, right. what what um, are some things that you'd like to share from, you know, your personal experience and, and now that you're going through that a little bit more seriously um, yeah. that you think people should know? Are, are you asking, like, more of my perspective on, like, diet and yeah. things? Okay. So, okay. There, as you probably know, there, there are a myriad of diets, out there in the world it seems like every day a new diet is popping up Mm -hmm. 
it can be a little confusing because you know you're like wow this person says to eat this this person says not to eat this so i you know i i it doesn't have to be so confusing i i don't i don't, I don't believe because we know we know as a society what foods we should stay away from we know that intuitively okay so this goes without saying, but I'm just going to say it. We should be staying away from processed foods. We should be staying away from McDonald's and Burger King and all, all the sugary-filled drinks because it is spiking our, our insulin levels and prolonged consumption of those kinds of not-real foods are going to cause diabetes, which then will cause heart disease, which then will probably cause cancer. Right. So for me, I, I tend to stick to, you know, real foods like meats and low glycemic vegetables and fruits. Um, I'm a big fan of a ketogenic diet, which mm -hmm. which if you've heard of, I'm sure. Um, so, uh, you know that that means stay, staying away from from you know sugar and eating a higher fat content uh, like moderate protein and vegetables or you, you, you know so um my my initial approach to uh my diet is a carnivore diet zero carb diet uh which i mostly eat a lot of steak, fish, eggs, and bacon. Now, that by itself has a ton of like backlash because they're like, oh my God, you're going to kill your arteries. You're going to have a heart <laughs> attack. Your cholesterol is going to skyrocket. And honestly, none of that happens. Like when, when, when a person uh, does six to 12 months on a carnivore zero-carb diet, they find that their actual blood levels are fine. Um, wow. Now, yeah, yeah. So now, am I opposed to plant-based people? No, I'm not. Uh, it's just for me and what I've seen with people that have more plant-based approaches, they're lacking a lot of nutrients along with that. Um, I tell people that hey if you're kicking ass and taking names with the more plant-based approach awesome but she'll kick even more ass if you throw some steak in there i guarantee you um when i was in college for my undergrad degree i had a really good friend of mine that was vegan and she was like oh i'll tell you how i get all my protein i eat like i eat like three big bowls of broccoli and so my silly ass like went and took her advice and <laughs> i at dinner time in the cafeteria you know got three really huge bowls of broccoli and just sat there <laughs> and ate the broccoli no just plain <coughs> excuse me so my stomach over the next three days three days mm -hmm. I, I had really uncomfortable bloating in my stomach and my, I began to notice that my skin, I got really bad itchy sensations over my skin. And any time that I touched a vegetable 
that was high in oxalates, my, my body would hate itself. And I wouldn't be full off of eating vegetables and fruits. Mm-hmm. Now, when I ate more of a higher protein quality meal, everything was fine. Um, and so I really wanted to see o- over the next, you know, six months to a year, what a carnivore keto low carb diet would do for me. And man, it has revolutionized my health. And wow. I'm, I'm in a very, very different place than what, what I was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I know you shared a little bit about um, your college experience. For you in general, how has um, schooling, uh, any aspect that you want to touch upon with education, uh, just social life? um, Yeah, yeah. What's that experience been for you? So, okay, this is a good question. And this ties back to what I talked about in the beginning with, you know, overcoming the obstacles. Because I remember being in, in high school in high school you know what an IEP meeting is yes yeah okay mm-hmm. so you know my, my my dad was a police officer he's just getting off work and then has mm-hmm. to come to, to a seven o'clock IEP meeting you know and then sit in a room full of teachers and higher education principals so we're sitting in this room and I, I kid you not these academic professionals are looking at me me this is 17 year old punk kid who at the time i really did i was so lethargic and apathetic towards my own life i didn't care i decided <laughs> i didn't care but they're, they're looking at me and they're like we don't think you're smart enough to even go to college wow. let alone let alone succeed in life right that pissed my dad off beyond belief and then so over the years following that you know those statements that those teachers told me were like a recording in my brain so it really bothered me and affected me as you as you probably can guess yeah so so, you know I tried community colleges and stuff and it just wasn't working out you know until I was like I was like 23 20 five when I decided that I wanted to go to back to college on my time. Nice. You know, I, I, I had gotten into motivational speaking. I, I wrote a couple books, um, but I needed to do college on my time, my own time. And pe- my, my family and friends were just like, dude, if you don't go to college, your, your life's going to suck, basically, which that, that's debatable. But <laughs> I went, I applied for college at a, at a local faith, faith-based college. And man, I, I was 25. And, and, and for some reason, I just felt like the oldest person in there, you know, because everybody else is like 18, fresh out of high school, you know, and then there's yeah. me. And there's me, you know, but God, God really fit it out for me to where I wasn't the only older student there. There, there were there were guys on my hall that were around my age or even older than me. Mm-hmm. So, um, in college, though, the, the 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 first few months of college was just brutal. I didn't mm-hmm. know, I didn't know how to do anything myself man because like i i grew up with with a mom that just 
did everything for me. Which, right. Which, yeah. So, man, I had such bad transition anxiety or, or adjustment disorder. I felt like such an outcast in that, you know, in the first few months of my academic career. I, you know, I didn't know how to, you know, balance a plate in my lap and drive and drive my scooter, you know, to a table. I, I, you know, would dump plates on the on the ground on accident because I was a I was a dummy and didn't know how to control the speed on my scooter yet. So, I I emailed my advisor like two weeks deep into the semester. I'm like, dude you and me have got to meet because like I'm done. I can't do this. Like I wanted to quit so yeah. bad, but he looks at me and he was like, I have a pretty good idea about you. And I know that if you quit this, it's going to haunt you the rest of your life. And I'll probably see you back in a semester. So he talked me out of quitting and I stayed and I had, I had more adjustment anxiety. Um, but my teachers, my teachers, my teachers, my teachers, they held me in a position to where I could, I, I could stay in, in college and, and, and get to a point to where I felt comfortable. And, you know, a lot of that again was, was coming face to face with my own ego and pride, which mm-hmm. said, which said, I, I don't need any help because I can do this on my own. I know, I know everything. Nope. That, that, that's, that's not the case. And, and for, for me, I had to really admit to myself that I was not this person that could do everything for himself that actually needed help. And that, I think that, I think that's a healthy, okay place to be. Um, yeah. So, you know, and for people, for other people out there listening that have or whatever, whatever adaptive condition that they have, it's okay to ask for help. It really is. So right, yeah. And for yourself, um, I know you mentioned about using a scooter to get around. How has um, just in general in the community <clears throat> mobility um, been for you? Being able just accessibility of uh, different locations, different places, and uh, how that's affected you. You know, um, that's another really good question and something else that I'm very passionate about as well. Um, in my town, in Omaha, Nebraska, not, not every place I go to has a handicapped door or, you know, automatic button or ramp. I'm like, wait, but like by, by law, that's supposed to happen. You know, people are supposed to... Uh, comply with ADA laws. Now, I could go on a whole tangent about ADA, ADA laws right now and how, how, how out of date all that stuff is. Um, you know, go, going back to my, my, my college that I went to, some, some of the buildings were so, were so old that it physically couldn't. So it's like, yeah, it's hard. I, 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 I just wish that that things were more accessible for, you know, my community, you know, and I was just in New York about a couple months ago and I was with my girlfriend. We're we're both like, wow, they're just now getting more adaptive 
buses that have the ramps and stuff. Yeah, you know, it's frustrating, but at the same time, I also like refuse to let that like bother me to the point where I just can't enjoy life anymore. And, you know, mm-hmm. and if my oh, dorm entrance was a very very heavy door it wasn't automatic when i first got there so what would i have to do i would have to open the door pull it open drive my scooter into and like wedge it in between the door frame and pull it open and slowly drive my way through the door did it suck yes but hey i did it and it's not the end of the, not the end of the world and so I, I, you know, while I believe that advocacy is good, we should push for it. There's a part of us that also also should be okay with ad- ad- adapting this stuff too. It's it's a balance. Yeah, yeah. And transitioning from there um, to fitness, how have you been able to adapt to that? And uh, coaching wise, what are some of the things that you you like to bring? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a solid question. So, I did CrossFit for almost eight years. Um, so, I had coaches that were amazing, and I did most of my heavy lifting, Olympic style lifting from my knees or from my my wheelchair or 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 a box. Um, you know this the limit of adaptation is in the eyes of a human being so if i couldn't you know jump roping is really popular in crossfit so i obviously can't do that so what my coaches would have me do is i would hold on to a pole and i would have my coach like swing like a, a jump rope underneath my feet and I would have to I would have to hold onto the pole and hop over the jump rope or just hop in place for however long everybody else was jump roping or you do battle ropes you know so you you just have to find ways of what you can do and hey if if, if a person physically cannot do something okay but find something you can do and do that. That that's what I tell all of my clients that I've worked with is, you know, I'm very big on psychology and mindset. So if if you in yourself feel that you cannot achieve something, well then you've already set yourself up for the outcome. And the outcome you want is not gonna be desirable. So <clears throat> I tell people that, you know, you have to decide for yourself what you want and who you want to be, not because of anybody else or who you see on Instagram or social media or anything like that, but who you want to be and for yourself. Stop comparing yourself to a standard that, that isn't even real and start living your life because you are worthy of health. Um, And with that mindset, people start taking control of their nutrition, getting, getting things under control, losing, losing weight, gaining muscle, all these things. It's totally, totally possible, but it's also a process that you have to commit to. Nothing happens 
overnight. Yeah. Yeah. And for yourself, um, that sort of before, after, uh, after learning about motivational speaking, how is that transition or that transformation uh, process for you? Just trying to adopt to that mindset and get to where you are today. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> my very first motivational talk was at a rotary club full of professional, you know, business people and stuff. Everybody's wearing suits and looking all dapper. And then there, then there's me wearing like a white button up button down t-shirt with jeans and black shoes. And this guy goes, Hey, so who is the speaker today? And the, the director of the program, you know, does one of these and points at me and everybody's just like, Oh, so like no one's saying it, but like their body language is like, okay, a guy in a wheelchair is going to talk to us about what, you know? So you, you just have to go out there. I just had to get up there and, and share my message and let, let your message that you have with your life speak for itself. You know, people, whether it be motivational speaking, whether it be, you know, me competing in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or, or CrossFit or whatever, I'm always going to be the, the nine times out of ten the only adaptive athlete in the building. So people are going to look at me. And going back to the article you, you wrote that I, that, no, that you read that I wrote on being an inspiration, if I am the only person in the arena, I absolutely want people to look at me and what I'm doing, not because I'm vain or self-absorbed, but because I want people to see that you can do stuff regardless of the context that your body or mind falls into, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I always feel bad about leaving on this note, but this is kind of how every episode sort of ends where with guests always love to have people come back on. Yeah. Um, but for you, Brandon, where on social media can people find you if they have any more questions and if you want to share about any of your books, you're more than welcome. Yeah, so on Instagram, it's uh, Brandon the Adaptive One or at Brandon the Adaptive One. and my adaptive self-defense page is adaptive defense methods. My fitness page is adapter die uh, fitness and nutrition. And I'll send you links and you can plug that into, awesome. you know, the show notes. So, yeah. Sounds good. Awesome. Thank you very much, Brandon, for hopping on. And thank you listeners for tuning in to this week's episode. Have a good one, everyone. And All right. <laughs> make it a good yeah. day. <laughs> All right.